Let's see, it's it's 20 after, so I got, oh, I got 45 minutes at least. No, no. <laughs> I do have a, 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 just a, a, a brief announcement, not to forget the, the sock tree. And we have hats, socks, coats, blankets, sleeping bags, uh, especially after Christmas. That's why we keep it up a couple of weeks after Christmas is because you go to the store and they've got all these things on sale and you can pick up a bag of socks for under 10 bucks, and the homeless people through the rescue mission is where we distribute them. And so uh, just a reminder for that. And I uh, want to thank you so much for being here this morning. And I have just a, <laughs> it's hard for me to say a short message, but uh, I, I actually do. And... Uh, what I would like to do is to start with the, the scripture that would be the scripture for today, the fifth Sunday of or the, the fifth Sunday uh, celebrating Advent, uh, and it comes from Isaiah chapter nine. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. Uh, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and the peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over His kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And this is a traditional Christmas scripture uh, from Isaiah and a prophetic picture of a child will be born to be our Savior. And the, the last phrase or the last part of this verse, the zeal of the Lord will do this, is in that sense that the, 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 the zealousness of the, of the Lord, the, the idea of zeal is something that is beyond just, I'm going to do this, but He is bound, determined, and absolutely going to do this. And also tied to this word zeal is the word jealous. And God is jealous of us. Now, people say, isn't jealousy a bad thing? Well, not this kind. He, he, the, the reality is, is that He would do anything to save us. What has He done? Well, the kids already shared with us. He's gone to the cross for us. So we have Isaiah chapter 9, people walking in a darkness. They dwelt in a land of deep darkness, and yet it says, then a light shone. And I was looking at that, and that will be the focus of, of today. But one other thing was just the, the, he mentions a few names of this child that will be born. A wonderful counselor, a mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Other names is the Holy One, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Light of the World, the Prince of Peace, the Son of God, the Word, Mediator, Rock, Resurrection and Life, Savior, True Vine, the Way, the Truth and the Life, and 180 or so more. And so we have all of these names to describe who we have come to worship this morning, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus Himself said that He is the light of the world. In John chapter eight twelve, 
says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light of life is the idea of walking with Christ, having eternal life. A place that Revelation describes where there's no shadow, no darkness at all. In the very first chapter of John, verses 1-5, through John wrote, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was light, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Again, the emphasis there of Jesus, the light of the world. The light has come into the world. And John also writes in chapter 1, verse 14, and all of these are Scriptures that we have shared through the Advent season already. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Literally came into the world, became flesh. God in the flesh. Emmanuel, God is with us. In fact, last week's message, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call His name Emmanuel. God is with us. Isn't that a powerful picture of of thinking the reality that God is with us? And to this day, Jesus Christ, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of all who believe, God is with us. God is in us. In fact, this picture of the light is the light is in us when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. We don't, and you've heard me say this before, there's, there's all sorts of messages about uh, this time of the year about how we are like the moon, we reflect the light of Christ. Nowhere in the Scripture are we told to reflect the light of Christ. It says you are the light on the hill. You are to reveal the light of Christ. The light of Christ is in us. It's supposed to be changing the way we think, the way we act, the way we talk, all of those things. The fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecies, chapter 9, the son, a child will be born. Isaiah 17, uh, 7, 14 uh, will be a, a child of a virgin. We see in Luke chapter 1, Verses 26 through 28. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And I'll stop there for a moment. Of the house of David. Very important. And uh, in, when uh, Samuel was, in, in his words, it was saying that David's throne would reign forever and it established that the messiah the emmanuel the son of god the christ must come from the lineage of david and so joseph of the house of david and the virgin's name was mary and he came to her and he said greetings O favored one the lord is with you but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be and the angel said to her do not be afraid mary For you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, 
and He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of His kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. Elizabeth was believed to be like cousins to Mary, an older cousin to Mary. And Elizabeth and Zechariah already talked about in Luke the parents of John the Baptist. Your, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who, has, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, Mary and Joseph betrothed lived where, it says, in Nazareth. Okay, now we have a dilemma because we have another prophetic scripture that says the child must be born in Bethlehem. In Micah chapter 5, verse 2, it says, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be the ruler in Israel whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. And I was thinking, how ancient? Well, let's go back to the Garden of Eden. How it's the first prophecy of, of the coming of the Messiah was when Satan was cursed. And he said that the, the son of a, the seed of the woman will rise up. Not the seed of, of a man and a woman. The seed of the woman will rise up and you will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. What that meant was is that He will rule over you. He will take your power. He will overpower you. You'll bruise His heel. Where is that? The cross. But He will rule over you. Where did that begin? The resurrection. So, they have to get to Bethlehem. And the question is, how does that happen? And this is one of the most favorite times of, of the year for me to share these things because... We see the sovereignty of God at work. Even in an unbeliever, even in the ruler, an unbelieving ruler of a mighty empire, the Roman emperor. We already read the Scripture. Caesar Augustus has a decree that they're going to collect the taxes. And so Joseph and Mary must go to the town of their ancestry to register. Where is that? Bethlehem. God used the, 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 the emperor of Rome to get Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem, about 70, 80 miles away from Nazareth, in order to fulfill the prophecy. God is sovereign. He will make all things work together to make His plan come out in every way perfect. During that time, it says the time came and, it was and the child was to be born. And that time, according to Paul, when he writes to the Galatians in chapter 4, is the exact perfect time. And I want to use that just as a reminder 
God is never late. I don't know about you, but I spend a lot of time trying to figure out why certain things haven't already happened or why things don't happen in the time frame that I think they should. But I have to remember this one picture. God is never late. At the perfect time, Jesus was born. Levi also read in Luke chapter 2 that there were shepherds out in the fields. Some people say, could there have been shepherds in winter? And I'm not going to debate the birth of Christ's date, but the answer to that is yes. Between Bethlehem and Jerusalem, they kept sheep year-round for the temple. So, yes, there could easily be sheep during the winter. Plus, uh, it's, it's, well, that, that's sufficient. It's just that reality that they could be there. And the angels speak to them. Glory, you know, glory to God in the highest on earth. Peace among those whom He is pleased. Not just peace on earth. I don't know how many Christmas cards you may have received over the, the years that say, peace on earth. And they forget that last phrase. In whom God is well pleased. How do you please God? There's only one way. It begins with placing your faith in Jesus Christ. There is no other way. God is well pleased in those who, have, those who place their faith in Jesus Christ. Now, what has happened then is what Isaiah said would happen, what John said happened, was that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is the Word. And so, uh, you know, again, one of those names for Jesus, the Word. And Paul gives us a, a, another side, another picture of this in Philippians chapter 2. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Why? Because he was equal with God. He didn't have to reach for it. But still he emptied himself. In other words, he took off the mantle of, of his authority, in a sense, and, and set it aside at the, at the, at the, and, and came to earth and dwelt among us. He emptied Himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Why? So that as He would be found in the human form, He would humble Himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Why? Paul writes to the Corinthians, for our sake. For our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him, Christ Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. You see, and you can see this on the back of our bulletin, we're all sinners, we all fall short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death, and the only way to be before God is to be holy, and we can't get there from here by ourselves. But through Jesus Christ, the door is open. And only through Him. For our sake, He was made sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. He was the perfect sacrifice. The Lamb 
of God. In fact, John, when he saw Him, says, Behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. This morning we will share in communion together. And I have a few more Scriptures I would like to share that would tie this all together. Jesus is recorded in John chapter 19, verses 28 through 30. After Jesus had been tried, scourged, nailed to the cross, mocked, yelled at, and then the words from His mouth, My God, My God, why hast Thou forsaken Me? Bore our sins. As Paul said, He became sin for us. Even Him who knew no sin. John records that Jesus, knowing all that was now finished, said, to fulfill the Scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to His mouth. And when Jesus had received the sour wine, He said, it is finished. And He bowed His head and He gave up His spirit. It's exactly what Paul said in chapter 2 of Philippians. He became a servant, even death on the cross. If the story ended here, it would be what a number of people claim as just you know, a tragic part of history that the man Jesus, notice how I carefully said the way the world might say it, those who don't believe in Him, the man Jesus was a, re- a rebellious man coming with some new ideas and was put on a cross and, and executed. But there's one more part to this. Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 7. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and he sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing was white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. There had been a guard placed around the tomb. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He is not here, for he has risen. He, as he said, come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. And so we have a preview of Easter from Christmas. Jesus came because of the cross. Emmanuel, God is with us, to be the perfect Lamb of God sacrifice, to say the words that is finished on the cross so that we might know eternal life through Him. He became sin for us. He is risen. I think you could say the Easter part. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Lord bless you. Thank you for being here this morning. Uh, I'd like the ushers to come forward and pass the communion out. Hold it until we've all been served. And then we will share together.
Yeah. Uh-huh. 
song, put it all together. God became a man to go to the cross for us. At the time that He shared His last meal with His disciples, before He was betrayed and then tried and then crucified, took the bread from the meal, and after giving thanks for it, He broke it. And He gave it to His disciples and He said, this is My body broken for you. And He asked that as often as we would share this bread until He comes again, until we, we would share this bread, that we would do this in remembrance of Him. At the end of that same meal, He took the cup, the cup of wine, and He gave it new meaning in the sense of a symbol now that would represent His blood poured out. He said, this is My blood poured out to purchase the covenant. The covenant of grace, His mercy, His love. It goes with the words, it is finished on the cross. Completed work done by Christ. He said, as often as we would do this, again, that we would do it in remembrance of Him until He comes again. Father, again, we come to You to thank You Lord, for all that You are to us. As we celebrate this Christmas Day, we have much ahead of us with family and, 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 and celebration. But Lord, remind us through the day also, it is You who makes Christmas. Uh, I, I think of the phrase, keep the Christ in Christmas. Today of all days, we would ask that You would make that real in our hearts for all of us. In Jesus' name. Amen. As we close, something that I have forgotten to do was to take the offering. So, rather than that, rather than take the offering, I'm going to have the two the, the bags uh, sitting out there, and if you have some offering, feel free to leave it there, and uh, we'll just do it that way this morning. James's birthday is today. <laughs> We almost, I, I, I thought, I thought, you know, we got all the way through this today, you know. <laughs> From the congregation, how much we appreciate you. Merry Christmas. Please stand as we close. <laughs> Joy to the world, the Lord is come. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth. 
Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ, while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat, repeat the sounding joy. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of His righteousness and wonders of I want to dis- dismiss you, but I also want to say thank you for the bells. That was just an awesome addition today. Thank you. And with that, a request, please. Kids, no touch of the bells. <laughs> Big kids, no touch the bells. <laughs> hey, Bob. Hey, Look, yeah. birthday ja- James' birthday Oh, James' today. birthday today. Should we sing happy birthday to James? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear James. Happy birthday to you.